Welcome to this episode of The Veterinary Counselor with your host, Dr. Sabine Ware. This podcast is designed to help pet owners get the most out of their visits to the vet, including how to build a strong client-veterinarian relationship, save money, and sort through the overwhelming amount of information out there. Going to the vet can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. We're here to help. Remember to follow us on Instagram at The Veterinary Counselor and send us a DM if you have a topic you'd like us to cover. Now let's get down to it. Welcome back. You're going to get to learn something a little bit quirky and a little bit weird about me tonight as a bit of a lead up into what this podcast episode is about. So for those who might not have picked it up yet or might not know, I own a lot of animals here on our property. So I have horses, I ride horses, I own dogs, I own cats, I own chickens, I own lots of animals on this property. Um, And owning animals is this really good conversation starter, this really good way to meet and bond with other people. So through owning these animals, I've developed some really good friendships with people who own horses and other pets. And I also, I guess, you can strike up a conversation really easy with new people that you meet when you've got a pet. The moment they find out you've got a dog or a cat, people can tend to talk for hours. So that leads into kind of having a lot of acquaintances as well that have pets. Now, the moment that people find out that I'm a vet, I find this puts me in this like horrible, difficult scenario because what that leads to is like nearly every single day, I get messages on my phone and I get messages on Facebook and the messages go a little something like this. Oh, hey Sabine, how you doing? Yeah. So I was just wondering like, Fluffy needs some ear medication and like I've got it from the vet before, but I just really don't want to go see them. So I was just wondering like, can I buy those ear medications through you? Or it might be something along the lines of, oh, hey Sabine, um, like my horse, it's it's just seems a little bit sore, a little bit off. I was just uh, wondering if I could just get some butte from you. Like uh, that'd be great. Thanks. <sighs> and for a long time, I carried around this horrible personal insecurity. And I shouldn't say for for a long time I used to because I kind of still have this horrible insecurity. And that insecurity was that the people only kind of wanted to be associated with me or kind of only wanted to try and be my friend because I had this potential benefit to them. You know, I was a vet and they had pets and, oh, this could come in really handy and not necessarily in a genuine way. So I always you know, had these scenarios play out in my head where I imagine these people talking and they'd be having a conversation with someone and medications would come up and pets would come up and they'd be like, oh, don't worry, like, I have a mate who's a vet and she'll be able to get me some butte, no worries, like, don't stress. And then they end up messaging me, you know, oh, hey, Sabine, can you just get me some butte? That'd be great. And I kind of sit there and be like, yeah, sure, because I'm a vet and I can just bend the rules for this person that I don't really know. And I can give medication out, you know, whenever people ask for it. And unfortunately, that's that's not the case. And the thing was, whenever I got these messages, sometimes these messages, they hit me really hard and they crushed me because I kind of sat there and I was like, oh, see, like it's just solidified this insecurity. See, they only wanted you 
for your medication. Like they don't actually want to be friends with you. They don't actually want to associate with you. And like now they're going to be real pissed at you when you write back and say, nah, sorry, like I might need you to get, you know, bring Fluffy around so I can have a bit of a look or, oh, look, can you bring Blaze around so I can have a bit of a look at her and then I can give you some beauty. And these scenarios, they brought other friendships into my life that happened a lot. So I had this friend called anxiety that used to turn up a lot. And then this other friend called guilt that would also turn up a lot as well. And it just put me in this horrible place and this horrible dilemma of like, do I bend the rules or do I not bend the rules? And more often than not, I would have to go and I would pour myself a glass of wine and I would try and get some liquid courage up and I would be all prepared to say goodbye to this friendship And I would just have to write to them and be like, look, sorry, I can't, but how about you bring your dog around and I can have a bit of a look. And I thought that, you know what, maybe you do this or people do this because they're not really sure of how to broach the situation of when it comes to getting medications from your vet or people also, they, I think you just don't want to go in to see the vet or pay for another consult fee or whatever situation it might be. So I thought, you know what, we're just going to have a bit of a chat about medications. And, you know, there's no real way to cheat the system when it comes to trying to get medications from a vet. Like you can't really cheat the system, but there's definitely things that you can do and definitely things that you should do that'll make getting medications a lot easier for you. So the most common scenario is that something happens and you're like, oh, you're going to ring my vet and you're going to be like, hey, look, my dog's doing X, Y, Z. She's done it 12 months before. I just need some antibiotics. Can I get some? And most likely you're going to be told by the receptionist, I'm really sorry, but we have to see your pet. And then two common reactions often happen from clients. One, is it gets super frustrated. You're just like, you try and argue with the receptionist and you know, you don't want to come in and this is all too hard and you want to know why it's not possible. I mean, the the meds worked last time. They're just antibiotics. Or the second one is that you just go, all right, great. I'll book in with the vet. Now, this discussion about medications is applicable to all species. So if you own a dog, if you own a cat, if you own a horse, even if you own livestock, This situation is pretty much the same for all of those animals there. So what we're going to do, let's dive into some things that you should do with your vet and some things that you can do to make this situation work a bit in your favor, all right? Because that is the end goal of this, is trying to teach you all, how do I get a better relationship? How do I make things work better for me? How do I understand the system better so that this level of stress and anxiety around certain bits of pet care, it can go away. That's the end goal of all of this. So firstly, what we need to do is we kind of need to do a little bit of background on vets and medication, just so that you can kind of understand where we're coming from. So the simplest way to get medication from your vet is that you need to be a client of theirs. That is step one. If you are not a client of that specific vet, you can't get medication from them. Furthermore to that, we need to classify you, and this is the wording in our kind of legislation, we need to classify you as what they call a bona fide client, which is pretty much just a way of saying like you you are a legitimate client of ours, which 
breaking it down into even simpler terms means that we have seen you and your animals generally within the last six to 12 months. If we've seen you within the last six of six to 12 months, a lot of the time we class you as a client. If we haven't seen you for 12 months, a lot of the time, a lot of clinics won't class you as an active client in that scenario. And that's just simply how the law is kind of written and how law around medications is written. You'll still be on their file, you'll still be on their database, but you're not considered bona fide. You're not considered currently active within their system. So there's a huge amount of legislation and laws surrounding us and vets, um, or us as vets, sorry, and dispensing out medications. Like in a lot of scenarios, our hands are really tied. And all of the laws and rules and everything that they've written, they come down to two main things that we as vets need to determine and we as vets need to do or answer to should something happen. So the first one of those things is, is this medication going to a client of yours or a patient of yours? So, you know, they need to determine, yes, this is a genuine client of ours. Yes, this is a genuine patient of ours. Number two, is this an appropriate treatment? So basically, are we prescribing appropriate medication for the problem or appropriate medication to the appropriate patient? So they're the two main things that we kind of have to answer to and the two main things that we have to tick off a lot of the time. We can get, as vets and even as a clinic, we can get in loads of trouble for dispensing out medication willy-nilly. And you guys as pet owners might not be aware of all the varying pressures that we get as vets when it comes to medications. I mean, we get pressured to, you know, be really careful about antibiotic resistance. So we get, you know, a lot of hard words put on us about only prescribing antibiotics when we feel it is absolutely necessary. Um, You know, there's a lot of labeling that goes into it. There is a lot of record keeping that goes into it. There is a lot that goes into these dispensing medications. And so then when people ask like, can I just get some medications and we kind of make you jump through a few hoops, this can royally piss some people off. And we hear it all the time. Oh, come on. Like it's just antibiotics or it's just some meds, or it's just some butte. Like, please. Now, I would be lying if I said that vets don't stretch the law sometimes or don't turn a blind eye to certain scenarios. 100% we do. We all do it. Every vet does it. But we do it and the scenarios in which we do it are very similar to those scenarios around gambling. We're going to pick and choose who we're taking a punt on and for good reason. So, When you take a punt on something or when you're gambling something, you want to know that you're gambling with a sure thing. You're gambling with something that's not going to come bite you in the butt. You're gambling with something you've got a lot of confidence in for whatever reason. So if your history with a vet clinic is really strong and consistent, you're more likely to have a vet and a clinic work with you when it comes to a medication situation. So if you've been in there regularly, you come in for all the routine stuff, you might buy some over-the-counter things, you've got a really open dialogue with a vet clinic. If you get in a sticky situation, we're going to be able to help you a little bit more. 
if your visits to a vet are few and far between, like we don't really see you, we might see you once every two or three years, we're highly unlikely to take that punt on you. I mean, we don't really know that much about you and that's what it comes down to. So what do we mean when we say you're a client of ours? Because that, that's what it all stems back to. And as I said before, it means that we have seen you personally as a person on a regular basis and we have a pretty good idea of your decision-making processes. We have a pretty good idea on your pet's health. We've got a pretty good idea on how you handle yourself and how you handle medications. And this is all really important. And you might wonder why. And it's because some of these medications are actually human medications. And some of these, when not used properly, they can be abused by people. And some of them are even addictive for people. So those types of medications, we are not going to dispense out to you unless we trust you. And we have some kind of history with you, 100%. And just to put a little bit of it in context, people can be funny buggers when it comes to medications. And there's lots of stories going around. But one of the stories that I've personally been involved is in is that we used to have a client that would come and buy kind of large amounts of butte from me personally or from the clinic that I was working for. And yeah, we always wondered, like, there was a lot of butte that they were going through. But, you know, we saw them regularly. Technically, they were a client. But what we found out is that they were actually packaging that butte so they got a big container of it. And what they would do is they were packaging up this butte into smaller containers and then they were selling it on to make a profit themselves. For anyone who doesn't realise, that is highly illegal. Highly, highly, highly illegal. And if you're a dog or a cat owner and you don't understand what butte is, butte is kind of, it's basically this medication that we use as like a pain relief for horses and anti-inflammatory for horses. It's really common and it seems to be very much wanted in a lot of cases. <clears throat> so going back to some of the nitty gritty, technically we need to have seen the animal. So we need to have seen your pet with the problem that you need the medication for and have examined them whilst they're kind of deemed to be needing that medication. So for example, if Buster is itchy, then we need to see Buster while he's itchy. And the reason for this is simple. We need to one, determine, does he actually have that condition or, you know, are you making up a story? Um, two, do we think that the medication that either you want or we want to prescribe is actually going to work and do something. And an example of this might be, yep, Buster's itchy and you might want some steroids for it, but actually Buster has fleas, Buster doesn't have an allergy. So, you know, we need to treat something else in order to help with Buster's itch. And the third one is that we need to make sure that there's nothing else going on with Buster that means the medication either won't work or the medication might potentially do more harm than good. So these are all the things we kind of have to determine to make sure that we're legitimately giving you the right medication and to make sure that we're abiding by the letter of the law as well. And then from that point, we can dispense out medication, not a problem. So 
let's say you come in for that initial visit and we determine all of those things with Buster and we dispense you out some medication. Great, not a problem. But if that initial visit that we did all of that in was like two years ago and Buster gets itchy again and we haven't seen you or Buster for that two-year duration, when you ring us and then say, oh, look, Buster's itchy again, happened a couple of years ago, we just got some steroids, cleared it right up, and you want some more of that medication, 100% we're going to say no. And the reasons for it are kind of all those reasons that we've mentioned above. Technically, you're no longer classed as a client, so legally, that's the big number one. We can't, you're technically not an active client with us. So we need to have seen you or your pet or both within the last six to 12 months. So the thing you need to remember is that we're responsible and we're legally liable for the medications that we give out. And if in that scenario, we gave out the medication and we're just like, oh yeah, look, that's fine, whatever, we'll just give you the medications and someone finds out or someone gets audited At the end of the day, the harsh reality is that you're fine and Buster's fine, but we're not. So we're the ones that get punished and we're the ones that get the fine and we're the ones that are in trouble. You guys aren't. So that's what I mean when I say, what are we going to take a punt on? You know, who are we going to put our faith in? Who are we going to gamble on? We're going to gamble on people that, that are active clients of ours. So a simple way or the simplest way to get around a lot of these problems is just to ensure that you're seeing your vet on a regular basis. And you might look at me and roll your eyes and be like, oh my God, that's such a money grabbing scheme. And it's not. It's just the best way to ensure that you're still a legitimate client. So, you know, getting your routine care done with the same vet, like going to make sure you use the same vet for your vaccinations maybe buying worming products, maybe doing all those things, you know, keeping an open dialogue, an open line of credit with your vet keeps you as a regular active client. So if, you know, you're doing those kinds of things and we're seeing you and Buster on and off every few months for one thing or another, and then all of a sudden you just get into a sticky situation, you know, with Buster or even with another pet, we might actually be able to help you. Like if we can't see you and you need some medication of some kind or something, we can probably help you because you're, you're an active client. So already we're, we're still within the realms of the law and the biggest part of the law. And you're someone we know and you're likely someone that we trust. So we're going to feel a lot more comfortable and we're going to feel a lot happier to take that punt and that gamble on you. So it's pretty simple really but it all just comes back to ensuring you have a relationship with us and a genuine relationship. And this comes down to certain scenarios as well where, you know, vets might be recommending to you certain blood tests for your animals. So if your pet is on long-term medications and they're saying, look, we should probably, we need to check their kidney levels, we need to do this. Um, They might be recommending to you when you come in for your vaccinations, oh, look, you know, Buster's looking a little bit old, his age is getting up there. How about we do some screening bloods and make sure everything's okay? Um, A lot of vet clinics now do blood testing before an anaesthetic to make sure everything's okay. You might look at it and be like, oh, but 
what, like, I'm not really concerned. Like, do we really need these blood tests? But the way we look at it is that that's extra information that we've got. So going back to the earlier scenario, if you and Buster get in a sticky situation and you need some help, not only can we help you because you're a client, we're also going to want to help you in a way that's not going to cause any further harm. So a lot of the time, what we do is, okay, right, all right, Buster's hurt himself. All right, she needs some pain relief. Oh God, like, can we give him, he's quite old. Can we give him anti-inflammatories? Is that is that going to help? And we'll go onto his file and look and be like, oh, he's had regular bloods done. Fantastic. His kidneys were great. Yep, not a problem. Here's this specific medication. Because there's lots of medications that we can't use when there's certain medical conditions going on. So those blood tests that we recommend or those blood tests that you might get done, they're also going to long-term work in your favor as well. So I hope that makes sense for you. It might be a little bit convoluted and a little bit weird, but all of these things are just helping us build information, helping us build confidence so that should and when you need our help in a less than ideal manner, We're in the position that we can help you and the risk to us in terms of getting in trouble is lower. And so that makes it more likely that we're going to be able to do something for you. So what's the overall message here that I'm trying to say? You need to go and see your vet and you need to have an active relationship with them in order for them to help you. So this is what we keep coming back to is why do I need this good relationship with my vet? These are all the reasons you need a good relationship with your vet because your relationship with your vet is like any other relationship that you have in your life. A good relationship is mutually beneficial and what it means is that both parties benefit from it. So if you use us as a service and we know you, we can offer help to you a lot easier within the realms of the law, or if something happens and we really need to take a punt or we really need to bend those rules, we're going to be a lot happier to do it for someone that we know and someone that we trust. Because remember, it's not your butt on the line. It's our butt on the line. It's our license on the line. Not only that, as I said, every time that we dispense something out, we're legally liable for what might happen. And I don't know about other vets, but I'm only going to take on that stress and that responsibility when I have a really good relationship with someone. And when I know what that person's like, and I know how they're going to react, and I know how they handle their meds, and I know what their pets mean to them, that's when I will take on a scenario that's less than ideal. So if you don't visit your vet, we, your vet can't help you. That's kind of what it comes down to. We can help you in terms of like you coming to see us and booking an appointment, but in terms of bending the rules for you or just giving out some medication, we can't help you. And that's just kind of where it ends, unfortunately. And yes, it's because the law says that we can't. And like I said, it's our necks on the chopping block, but we're also weighing up the pros and cons of the relationship. Because really when you ring us, and you ask us for medication when you don't use us and you're not a client of us, we're having to risk a lot for someone that we really don't know. The end of the day, we're also a business. We're a person running a business or we're multiple people 
within a business as well. And every time you make a visit with us, every time you have a consult with us, every time you pay a bill, you're supporting us and you're supporting our families and you're supporting our workers and you're keeping our business open to help other people. When you don't visit us and when you don't use us, but then you ring us and you want a favor, what do you think we're going to do? And I want, I want to know if you were put in a similar situation, knowing what all the risks were, if you get caught or you bend the rules, what would you do? Would you, would you take a punt on these people that you really don't know? And as you might not think that a script of antibiotics is a big deal for you, I mean, what harm can a script of antibiotics do? For us, it can do a lot of harm and it can do, it can lead to a lot of problems. So you've just got to kind of remember where we're coming from as well. So what it comes back to is when I go somewhere and when I meet someone or I meet someone at a party or you send me that message where I haven't seen your dog or I haven't seen your cat or I haven't seen your horse and you're just asking me, for medications, I'm probably going to say no. And the simple fact is, is because if I don't really know you that well, I'm not willing to risk my license for you. And I know that sounds really harsh and that probably sounds really horrible, but that's essentially what it comes down to. If we see your animal and you're supporting us and we're doing things to some degree within the letter of the law, then we can help you. But in that scenario, we're also both benefiting there. I mean, my anxiety and my guilt is going to be a lot lower. I'm adhering to the law. We're making sure that, you know, Fluffy's getting examined. We're also making sure that Fluffy gets medications. So everyone is winning in that scenario. It's kind of that simple. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that might give you a bit of a better idea of what happens when it comes to medications. You still might disagree. You might agree. But as I said, with all of these things, this is just my personal take on it and my discussions that I've had with clients and with other vets. So take from it what you will, but hopefully it enlightens you a little bit in terms of what goes through our head. So thank you very much and we will see you next time.